Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome to Faith in the Zone, a show about sports and faith and how the two come together in lives being touched. Right now, discover how people in sports walk in faith with hosts Mike McGivern and Pastor Ken Keltner on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. All this time, time. you covered me. Welcome to Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. That's right. We have a lot of fun here, don't we, Pastor Ken? Uh, I am Mike McGivern alongside my co-host. This might be his last week. I'm not quite sure. I might be firing him. Oh, do I get my check? I need pa- to pick my check Pastor up. Ken, the 401k plan that you started, done. Wow. Pastor Ken Keltner from Brookside Baptist Church. Pastor Good it, to see you, Mike. Yeah, it's, it's, been, it's been a great morning already. Yeah, it's pretty good to see you. Normally it's great, but... It's, man. Just oh, pass me the ball, Mike. Just, just pass me yeah, the ball. Penetrate and pass. Yeah, oh yeah. You ever see me do that? My jab step is done. I just fire the ball now. I'm not passing anybody anymore. I'm sick and tired of passing. I'm shooting the ball. <laughs> Our special guest, I'm excited about this. I, I, I love talking to guys that played in Major League Baseball. I just do. This guy played for the Cincinnati Reds, the Chicago Cubs. Won't talk a ton about that. But Baltimore Orioles, we love the Orioles. He also played two years in Japan. And our special guest today is Wade Rowden. Wade, Wade, thank you so much for a few minutes of your time and your patience as we got through our volume button thing. <laughs> well, that's you know the blessing is I'm, I, I felt much better, Mike, not being the only guy technologically challenged. So you know it's, it's good stuff. Man. Well, it's I'm trying. Good. To, I should just try to teach Pastor Ken the whole turn the volume to yeah. the right thing and and you know me, I talk a little smack and then it comes back to bite me. And this that's, one that did. Is correct. Yeah. So. Hey, let's see if we can, uh, Wade, if we could talk a little bit about, you know, your upbringing, where you were, where you were born and raised, and a little bit about your college and how you got involved in, in baseball at such a high level. Yeah, sure. Um, we were uh, born up in uh, the Northeast. Uh, Dad uh, was working up there for a hospital equipment company, and uh, so I was born in New York, but uh, we kind of started migrating south, so about mid-junior high, I'd say sixth, seventh grade. Uh, we were in Miami, and, uh, you know, you can imagine it's kind of a hotbed down there. The weather's pretty conducive to baseball. I had decided pretty early on that uh, football was not going to be my gig. So um, Dad just kind of worked with me, and we played. And uh, I would play, you know, summer ball with all my buddies. And then winter ball, uh, I would play with the Cubans in the north part of Miami. And that's where I really learned to play, to be honest. But, um so it was a great experience, and I went to uh, Miami Palmetto High School, and uh, and actually Tom Foley, the third base coach at uh, Tampa Bay now, um, was on my high school team with me, and so he quarterbacked our football team left-handed and played shortstop right-handed. Wow. wow. And uh, that's yeah, that's when you know you're not very talented when you're playing around those guys. <laughs> I realized that, that we, you know, that whole thing about all men are created equal really wasn't so true, but um, so then... Uh, 
I got an opportunity to go play at Stetson University, which is uh, just up the road in the middle of the state. And uh, God was merciful and got a chance to start as a freshman and, uh, you know, played three years and then found myself drafted by the White Sox after a couple summers up in Cape Cod. So kind of had the uh, storybook, you know, uh, opportunities, I guess. And uh, just I look back now and realize it really was just the Lord. Uh, I don't know that it was all about talent, but, um, you know, it was a lot of fun. Hey, wait, was your father a, a baseball guy? Yeah, dad was, uh, dad's a Franklin College uh, person from Indianapolis. Both my mom and dad are from Indiana. And so, believe it or not, um, you know, obviously Adam Central up there in the North part. So he's a basketball guy. And then he, he played uh, football and baseball, all three. And so uh, played for the U.S. Army team over in Korea. And so he just loved the game and then played a little uh, seaball for the Yankees, I believe, years ago. And um so I had a nice start. You know, he, he set the framework. He knew a uh, very solid fundamental, uh, you know, and that always helps, you know, when you're trying to develop as a young player. Yeah. What position, Wade, were you, uh, did you play? Yeah. So signed as a shortstop out of Stetson. That's where I played. And um, tell you a funny story. I go to Stetson and of course they have tryouts in the fall, as you know, all the teams do. And I had been playing center field in high school just to help our our team out my senior year. And so I looked down the center field and there's like seven guys out there at Stetson. And I look over at shortstop and I didn't see anybody. So I ran out <laughs> I'm to a shortstop. shortstop. Yeah. Yeah. I'm yeah. thinking, you know, I mean, let's just face it. I'm, I'm a, I'm a path of least resistance guy. So I look out, <laughs> I run out to shortstop, right. And I start throwing the ball across the infield and I uh, was pretty blessed with a good arm. And so after about 10 grounders, the head coach walks out and he says, uh, Wade, you ever considered pitching? <laughs> and of course, being the humble, you know, not cocky freshman that I was, I looked him right in the eye and said, uh, no, sir, I was planning on playing every day. Oh. And he, he kind of looked at me and he goes, all right, goodness. And he walks off the field. Well, I forgot there were four groups, so there were seven other shortstops, but I was too stupid to remember. Oh, man. But, um, you know, but it worked out, and, and I ended up playing every day at shortstop, and then later was moved to third base uh, when I became a pro. So Hey, this is going uh, to age me a little bit, but a long time ago, um, Marquette, the Marquette Warriors used to have a holiday tournament where the Wisconsin Badgers, it was basketball, and Wisconsin Badgers would always be one of the four teams, and Marquette would play somebody the first day, and Wisconsin would play somebody, and, and they always, it, they were set up so Wisconsin Marquette would play in the finals. But one year, Stetson came to town. Did they? Yeah, a guy named Oliver Lee played yep. for uh, Stetson. And when they walked in, it was in the old arena here, and nobody would go to that first game or if if, if it was, let's say, Bowling Green and, and Stetson. So right. a friend of my dad's who's a big basketball fan brought me to those games. And they're, they're, when, when Stetson played whoever they played on day two, there wasn't probably 100 people in the crowd, and these guys came out and threw Stetson hats up into the crowd. Oh, well, I got like three of them. <laughs> you know, there were plastic Stetson hats, and I held on to those things. And, and I got Oliver Lee. Um, I think he signed it or whatever. But it was it was that's my Stetson story. That's uh, a great story. Yeah, though, yeah. and it was the middle of winter, and I and I was thinking these boys cannot be happy about being here in Milwaukee. No, 
No, uh, probably uh, not. Their blood is very, very thin. Uh, yeah, we are thinned out down here. Yes. We're pretty spoiled. Sunshine and warm weather is, is more our cup of tea for sure. Yeah, you wouldn't last 10 minutes up here. Wait. No, I'm no, just I wouldn't. Kidding. You're you, right. You spend enough time up north that, that you know. Um, the the For you to go to Stetson out, out of high school, did you have opportunities to go elsewhere? You know, it's funny. Uh, we were... Uh, I was just thinking back on that. I had originally, I played trumpet, and so all I kind of wanted to do was play my horn and play baseball. I wasn't really focused too much on the education side. And um, and I actually, really, it was a referral to Stetson uh, from uh, an American Legion coach that I was playing for the All-Star team. He was an alumni. And that's why I said I looked back and realized, you know, God was just really kind of merciful and very kind to me because... I never tried out. I never threw a ball. Uh, we went. We visited the school on a Saturday. It was raining, and uh, they made an offer, and I took it. And I didn't even know what I was walking into, to be honest. But um, you know, those were different days than now. Now, now it's very. It's just a whole different animal, much more competitive. So, no, I was not what I would call a a sought after prospect. I a don't blue remember chipper. thinking everybody was beating my door down to come play for him. Yeah. I, I, you were kind of setting me up there. I thought maybe you were going to tell me you had a opportunity to have a trumpet scholarship somewhere. <laughs> well, I actually got a little money for that, but uh, you know, it was funny. I, I was at Stetson. It was a first semester and you had to know how to play piano, which I didn't. And there, you know, I couldn't sing. <laughs> uh, and there were a number of things I didn't know you had to know in music school. And so then the, uh, a couple of the other trumpet guys, uh, my roommate was Harry Connick's bass trombone player, and, and one of the other trumpet guys wow. is Natalie Cole's lead trumpet. And after I heard those guys play, I thought, you know, I think my shoulder tendons are a little better than my lips, so it was a pretty easy decision. You know? Right then is when you ran out to shortstop. <laughs> yeah, so now I can play Amazing Grace for the church, and they let me goof around in the services. But for the most part, I figured out it was probably going to be baseball, not my horns. So. Our, our special guest, Wade Rowden. Again, he played uh, major leagues with the Reds, Cubs, and Orioles, played a couple of years in Japan. When What years did you play with the Reds, Wade? Yeah, so uh, 1980, let's see, I was traded in 1982 uh, from the White Sox to the Reds organization. So I was there from 83 through 87. When you Actually, were, 87, I went over to the Cubs. When you were uh, when you were with the big club, who, who was on the Reds at that point? Oh, yeah, pretty, uh, it, it was kind of a great era, to be honest. Uh, Pete was still playing. In fact, the first call-up I got that September, I saw him break Cobb's record. And then uh, you would have had... Uh, Dave Parker was playing for us, and then Cesar Cedeno. It was uh, Dave Concepcion was still there. Tony oh, Perez. What about Johnny um, Bench? Johnny Bench was done. In fact, uh-huh. our catcher was a gentleman by the name of Bo Diaz. Okay. Um, Mario Soto was still throwing bullets in the best changeup I ever saw. We had, uh, you know, we had just taken John Denny over from the Phillies. Frank Pastore was on that club, who had the big Christian radio station out in California. So. Yeah, it was kind of a neat – that, that was a neat era. You know, we were catching the tail end of some of the greats from the Red Machine, and, and, and then they were bringing in some of the new guys. Who was so, Manny? Barry Larkin, Barry Larkin was who I lost my job to, so I guess I can not have – Not bad. Yeah, not, yeah, at least it was not to a bad. Hall of Famer, right? Yeah, right. So, hey, yeah. Who, um, who was managing the Reds at that point? It was actually Pete. Yeah, uh, he was I the wonder. player manager then. He was still playing, and uh, – and uh, he was he was running the team. I, I can remember being so frustrated because I'd never had a five nine first baseman. I thought this really isn't very fair. <laughs> yeah, he could dig it out though, couldn't he? <laughs> yeah, he could. 
Well, for sure he could take it off the chest. Right. <laughs> well, was that those were the years too that that I, I think that that he has gotten some trouble for. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, they definitely were. Yeah, Boy. for sure. And then over to the Cubs, who was uh, who was playing for the Cubs at that point? Yeah. So uh, <clears throat> let's see, Jody Davis catching, Rich oh, Sutcliffe. Sure. Um, wow. I would have played uh, played with Greg Maddox. Um, that's Let's awesome. See, Bobby Denier was in center. Ryan Sandberg was at yeah. second. Yeah. Dunstan yeah. at third or short. And you had uh, Keith Moreland was still playing. Andre Dawson was still in right field, the Hawk. And uh, and I think Leon Durham was uh, at first base. I can remember uh, uh, Lee Smith was our reliever. And wow. I think he was the biggest person I'd ever run into besides Anthony Munoz in Cincinnati. Wow. Fun days. I may have had you on my Stratomatic team. I'm telling, well, well, if you did, I'm I'm sure it's. Uh, yeah, I may not probably play, wouldn't remember. I didn't play you much. I think. No, I wouldn't think so. I told everybody I was pretty sure Pete was actually really betting because in the games I thought he was looking for the loss, I I always was in the lineup. So that was a pretty good deal. And, and you were third base. You were third. Yeah, base. exactly. Yeah. Okay. Oh man. Hey guys, let's get to a quick break. Other side of the break, we're going to continue our conversation. Um, we'll start to talk to Wade a little bit about his faith and, and his testimony and how it's affected his life professionally and personally. And we'll do that on the other side of the break. This is Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. More now of Faith in the Zone, discovering people of sports and their walk in faith. Faith in the Zone is brought to you by Brookside Baptist Church. Back with host Mike McGivern and Pastor Ken Keltner on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. On his time, on his time, you covered me. Welcome back to Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. I'm Mike McGivern alongside Pastor Ken Keltner from Brookside Baptist Church. Our special guest today. He has played a lot of baseball, played with some man, big names from Pete Rose to, you know, John Denny. Barry Larkin took his spot. I love that part. Uh, Wade Rowden, he uh, has played with the Reds, the Cubs, the Orioles, played a couple of years in Japan. Um, if we can, guys, let's uh, segment two, let's talk a little bit about uh, your upbringing, Wade, and and, uh, and how you uh, were brought to the Lord. Yeah, sure. Uh, be a pleasure. Um we were, uh, you know, my parents were uh, solid folks, and uh, as you know, kind of that Midwest salt of the earth. And uh, we were in church um, every every Sunday. I just I just remember going to church, but uh, you know, I don't remember really the gospel being uh, presented. I don't. Uh, in fact, um, I don't remember. And we've all talked about it because all of us uh, know the Lord. But we, you know, we've all talked about. It. We don't even really remember the gospel being preached in in the churches that we were in. Boy, and I mean, that, uh, we had moved sad. to it. Yeah, it was kind of one of those things, you know. And of course, a lot of churches, it's a little more social than yeah. mm-hmm. than life transformational. But we, uh, I remember this story. We were we were we had moved to Atlanta, and it was a Wednesday night. And Dad said, uh, "Hey, let's go over to the local Baptist church." And so we went to this local Baptist church. And I was eleven, and we were there. We didn't really know anybody. And I got to tell you guys, it was it was riveting because it was the first time um, I'd ha- I'd ever heard a good old fashioned message on hell, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so here I am, eleven years old, 
Scared. And this guy's stuck <laughs> in the corn at the old Baptist church in Atlanta, right? <laughs> and he gets done and he says, now, if you need to come and have a relationship with Jesus, just come on up, you know. And I'm telling you, I thought somebody had sucker punched my gut. I knew right then I was a sinner. I knew I needed to do that. But I was holding on to that pew with everything I could. <laughs> and I share the story because the main thing that held me back was I wasn't really sure how Dad was going to take it. Ah, that's interesting. And, um, and so about 15, about four years later, fast forward, I'm in a church in Miami. And there was a... In those days, there were some, and I think they still do it, there was uh, college kids that would travel around in the summers. I think it was called Truth, and they would sing. They were musicians, and they gave that gospel. And I had that same feeling in my gut and that same, you know, just flood of God was drawing the net. And and I just said, no, I'm going. I can't hold off anymore. And I knew I needed Christ. And so I went forward and the tears down, knowing that, you know, I was a sinner and I just needed to be saved. And, of course, it was the most wonderful decision I ever made. And, um, you know, but I share the story because as a dad, uh, I, re- I remember thinking, boy, you know, we're still the most influential person in our children's life. There was a survey I read that said, you know, that, that fathers still... Um, are the largest influence in a child's life. And so I thought, boy, if we've ever needed one thing to do is, uh, you know, even if you're not walking, just tell your kids that, you you know, that you love the Lord and you need Jesus, you know, and it may change somebody's decision. You never know. But that's how I came to Christ. And um, and then I'd like to tell you I walked perfectly after that, but that would be uh, not the truth. And so I wasn't really discipled. And I remember... Uh, Connecting very strongly with Daryl Strawberry on that when Daryl shared that he had gotten saved but wasn't discipled. And so I'm sure you can appreciate, you know, any child left to himself will probably mm-hmm. mosey back to that, to which he knows. And so um wasn't awful but wasn't great. So that, that's kind of the nutshell version of it. Mm-hmm. Well, you yeah. know, one thing is we, we have folks that listen, and, and I would say Milwaukee is a religious town. Sure. And, you know, the the struggle for a lot of people is, you know, they look at it and say, well, you know, man, I, I have religion or I mean, even down the road, we have freedom from religion here in, in uh, Wisconsin. And I always I'm always saying, man, I, I totally agree with them. I wish we were free from religion yeah, because yeah. religion, religion is all about man made. You know how I got to reach, you know, how, how what I have to do to, to reach God. We had our yep. had my son on here um, a couple of broadcasts ago, I think. Yep. He had one thing. I shared it Sunday. I said, "I hope I don't get in trouble because he was uh, stationed. Uh, uh, he was stationed someplace. I guess I probably shouldn't even say." No, he was, he was deployed. Let's yeah, just say yeah. that. And but he was uh, around a lot of um, people that believed that their God they they had to do something to please their God. Sure. And he said, "You know, uh, we're not really supposed to talk to him." He said, "But they always kept wanting to talk to me about God." Yep. And he said, I, I find, they said, you know, so what do you believe? And, and he said, finally, I, I just shared with him. I said, well, your God says that you have to do something to please him. You have to do something to attain his favor. He said, my God in my holy book, the Bible says that God loved me, that he yeah. sent his son to die on the cross for me. He loved yes. me first. Amen. And I mean, that's where the relationship, you know, opens yeah. up. It's free to us. It wasn't free to, to Jesus sure. Christ because he paid for it on that cross and he paid yeah. for, you know, our sins. And I, I just hope people that, that tune into Faith in the Zone will really understand this is not anything about religion. This is all about a relationship with Jesus Absolutely. Christ. And Absolutely. I loved your testimony on that because the more— 
we can have uh, folks like yourself, Wade, that can just really uh, bring that difference home, that it's not about religion, it's about recognizing my sinful condition and what Jesus has done for me on the cross, and then then that choice is mine. I need to either reject that or accept it, and uh, it's life-changing. And yeah, oh, you know, it, it really is. I mean, I, I can tell you that, and it still affects me to this day, but, you know, the, the overwhelming flood of peace that came over me when I, you know, felt that weight of sin just fall off. Mm-hmm. I, it's, it's so hard. You know, the thing about the Lord that's so powerful, and, and it's what I think makes it so hard for people to come to a decision, is all our lives we're conditioned to believe in what we see. Mm-hmm. And then God says, you know, for it's impossible to please me without faith. Right. And so God is never going to let us see him until we take that step out on faith and say, I believe. And mm-hmm. I'm telling you, I've hardly known anybody that didn't say to me, as soon as I said, I receive you, they didn't just feel that overwhelming presence of God at that moment, and he became as real as real could possibly be. Amen to that. And, and, and it's just, you know, but you can't make somebody see that. No. And, you know, you can only show them God's Word and say, look, I, I can only tell you my experience. But mm. even beyond that, you know, you know, Peter said, look, I was on the mount with him, but I have a more sure word of prophecy. And so at the end of the day, right, it's, it's going to be about us just believing the promise that God gave us and that he's a faithful God and can't lie. And so, yeah, it's just, but, you know, to know he's there all the time is just overwhelming, right? I mean, where else in life have you been told I'll never leave you nor forsake you? Yeah, you know? it's incredible. We are talking... Even my mom would forsake me if I did the wrong thing on yeah. occasion, you know? <laughs> no, yeah. Well, we have, we, we've all had parents like that. No, my, I yeah. mean, my mom was a great mom, but boy, no. if you get any parent mad enough, right, for a while there, well, you wonder if you're getting back in the front door. <laughs> those, fi- those 15 or 20 seconds, I can tell you. Um, That's right. Our special guest uh, today, Wade Rowden, former Major League player, played for the Reds, the Cubs, the Orioles, also played two years in Japan. Wade, when you when you walked down the aisle at 15, um, what was your father's reaction when you got into the car with him? Well, you know, it's funny. Uh, they were home. Uh, I had gone by myself. And, um, you know, I came home, and, and I remember I just couldn't contain it. You know, I, I just had to tell somebody that I was saved. I just knew I was saved. I, I knew for the first time I didn't have to worry anymore about my future. And, you know, they both responded great. And, you know, the the the, the wonderful thing is years later, you know, God did a work in our family because my dad had gotten saved at a tent revival in, in Monroe, Indiana, back in, you know, when he was 18 or 19, and my mom had gotten saved as well. But, you know, that generation is a little quiet sometimes. They, they, they kept a lot of things to themselves. They, you know, they, and, I, and I admire that. You know, that's the, you know, the fighters and the, the group that we owe so much to to this day. And so they didn't wear emotions on the sleeve. They were pretty private. But, you know, God has, uh, you know, we just had a family reunion. And, I, you know, I look at it, and every single person that was there, including all of our in-laws, is saved and knows Christ. Wow. And I just look at and see what God has done, and each generation is getting stronger. And, you know, it's just very exciting to see that. So they were obviously very happy uh, for me. But, again, you know, wouldn't say they were great in their Bible, wouldn't say they were super strong. They were just a classic American person who had trusted Christ and had faith. 
Um, and God just began to work in all of us to get into the book and to read more and to grow. And that's when I think things began to really change for all of us, to be honest with you. Hey, uh, Wade, you're, you're married, and I believe you have three children. Is that correct? I do. I do. I have two daughters and a son and three grandsons. Yeah. You can figure that. I'm too short of an infield. I told the girls they got to pop a couple more out, and then we can hey, get after it. I've know? got three grandsons that live across the street. Yeah, five, uh, five and a half, four, and almost two. Unbelievable. So, and they, it's like everybody loves Raymond. I, I, mean, <laughs> I am, I am the old guy watching sports with my hand there and just, you know, hanging out and eating popcorn and stuff. There you go. Yeah, there you they, go. They want to go to Papa's. They want to go. Yeah, they walk in and go, Papa, you got a treat? Yeah, look at me, man. I got a lot of treats. <laughs> Kidding me? Come on, and they go right to the drawer. They know exactly where it is. Absolutely. Hey, the difference between um, your father and 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 you know how you know he was a little bit quiet about about his faith and sure. to how where you are with your kids got to be night and day well you know i think let me put it this way um yes it, it is a little night and day but i think the difference is uh i remember 1988 i was kind of struggling my wife and i had been married and we were struggling a little bit and um spiritually and you know, we knew we were saved. We knew that there were promises in the Bible, but we just couldn't get our mind around why some of that didn't seem to be more of a reality. And so we both got down and prayed. And I believe it was about a week later, my wife miscarried with our first child. And then I got sent down from the Orioles to AAA and uh, down to Rochester. Johnny Oates was the manager then. Mm. And um, I'm sitting in my locker and in walks kind of this guy and Hey, Wade, Mike Metzger, I'm the chaplain for the Rochester Red Wings, and we're glad to have you. Now, if you know anything about the game, you don't ever tell a guy that's been sent down from the big leagues to AAA that you're glad to have right. you. But, right. you know, I just took a $20,000 a month pay cut, pal. I'm not real happy. <laughs> but Mike was probably the single biggest influence in my life because he did a Bible study. He said, hey, we're having a steak. Come on over and so we go over, and he goes, okay, any question you guys want, you ask, and we'll answer it from the Bible. Hmm. Yeah, the well, Bible has answers. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, you know, here's, any a, bunch question, of, here's yeah. a bunch of crazy ballplayers, right? So, well, what yeah. about dinosaurs? Well, what about UFOs? You know, typical athlete stuff, right? We're all in the <laughs> deep things of life. So, but I got to tell you, I was so electrified that anybody was showing me things from the Bible. It was suddenly not this book of rules. It was like, whoa, this is so cool. Nobody's ever showed me this. Well, make a long story short, my wife and I came home and realized at that moment that what we didn't know was God's Word. And so Mike spent the summer discipling us along with a number of other players. It was a fabulous team. Johnny Oates was the manager who's since passed away, but Johnny was saved, and Jerry Naren was on that team, and uh, and in the end of the year, we had more Bibles and beer in the locker room. Wow. And God just did a work. And when we got home, our life was so transformed that it was, it was just so much easier for me to go to my kids and say, you know, I'm doing this because the Word of God requires me to, you know, and I'm accountable to God. And it's not about maybe making you happy if it was a discipline issue or helping them on their faith or encouraging them that the book, you know, the Bible had the answer to their problem or being able to pray with them. And, you know, and now my dad is very on fire for the Lord and my mom and 
you know, and so I just look at it as God just did a work for everyone. It wasn't like, you know, they were not where they should have been or any of that. It was just the grace of God in our family. And, and, and I always tell people, it's so exciting because Christ is the only person I know who can stop the downward spiral in mm-hmm. any family in any situation and reverse it to go the correct direction. Amen to that, guys. You know, we've got we've got to get to a quick break. Other side of the break, number of things we want to continue our conversation about. One of the things I think that that I want to talk to Wade about is his platform, and um, you know how he's utilizing his platform to to continue to spread the word. And we'll talk to him on the other side of the break. He is Wade Rowden. He a former Major League Baseball player with the Cincinnati Reds, Chicago Cubs, Baltimore Orioles couple of years in Japan. And uh, before we get done with Wade, we're going to talk about one day that he had in Iowa. Reminded me a little of me in the church league, Pastor, and I'll get to that on the other side <laughs> of the break. The old church softball league, man. We're living in that league, Wade, Wade, and, Wade and I are like twins when it comes to this stuff. This is Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. Welcome back to Faith in the Zone, an inside look at people in sports and their walk in faith. Faith in the Zone is brought to you by Brain Balance of Megwan. Here's host Mike McGivern and Pastor Ken Keltner on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. On this time, on this time, you covered me. Welcome back to Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. I'm Mike McGivern alongside my co-host. He's the head pastor at Brookside Baptist Church, Ken Keltner. Our special guest today, he's great, Wade Rowden, former Major League Baseball player, also played in Japan a couple of years, and a, a close personal friend of Tom Roy. Yeah, Tom Roy. Tom, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, man. Tom's been great for the show. Oh, great. he's awesome. Yeah. Listen, Tom's been great for a lot of us. Yes, he you has. Know, um, probably he, he's that guy that really understands mentoring. Uh, there, There is a lot of baseball players that owe a lot in their Christian lives to Tom. And not just playing and, and walking with Christ, but an opportunity through the Ministry of Unlimited Potential, EPI, to, to share your faith, you know, to learn what that looks like, doing camps or traveling with them, doing whatever. And it's just been a really great platform. God really, really found a gem in Tom yeah. and Aaron. Well, we, I really lucked out, and I've, I've gotten a chance now to, to talk to Tom quite a bit. He's been in studio a couple of times. I've met Karen, his wife, and he's been really, really helpful with getting strong guests like you, Wade, uh, to come on Faith in the Zone. And you had talked about, you know, platform, and that's kind of where I wanted to go in this segment. You know, uh, there's not a lot of guys that can can hand out a business card that says former former Major League Baseball player. And be, with that platform, I think comes some responsibility. And, and it also, you know, there, there are times that, that I'm not sure some people that have that platform are happy that they have it. But I'm wondering how you've utilized that platform uh, to spread the word. Yeah, you know, um, I would say that, well, first of all, it's funny you, you mentioned the Major League Baseball. So I'll give a little different perspective, right? Um, it took me a while to uh, kind of get over a, a little bit of a disappointment, and that is, you know, when you get to the big leagues, right, the idea is to stay. 
And so you look at my career and you see a year and a half over, you know, from 1984 basically to 1988 and then, you know, the two years in Japan. So in some ways I remember coming back feeling a little bit like a failure, you know, because after all, you were playing with guys that had five-year careers, 10-year careers. And so, you know, there was that kind of feeling like, gosh, you know, I really, did I not have it, did, did this? And then I finally realized one day, you know, God was merciful. And uh, I think it was 1986, I actually had 80 straight days up. And I barely made, by 10 days, I think, enough time to get a baseball card. You know, kind of that okay, I was legit, (laughs) you know, like you can actually put me in your wheels on your bike and it'll make noise, you know, that kind of (laughs) And get a free uh, piece of gum, right? Yeah, well, absolutely. And, you know, I I tell people all the time now that I'm in the investment business, I'm like, look, you know, I'm not a good investment. It's going down in value, so don't buy one. You know, I'll sign it for free. It's not a big deal. But um, (laughs) what I realized was that when I became – understanding of what God was doing with all of us and the purposes that he has for us, which is ultimately, if we simplify it right, our sole purpose in life is to bring God glory. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Revelation 4.11 says, Thou hast created all things for thy pleasure, and they were created. And I remember somebody said, Are you bringing in pleasure? And I thought, well, that's an interesting question. I, I don't know if I'm bringing God any pleasure, you know. And I realized that a lot of pleasure that God derives is from us bragging on Jesus and what Jesus has done. And so I realized baseball was really a tool. It it wasn't anything more than that, any more than a gentleman who's a plumber or somebody, a radio show. I mean, these are tools that if we'll use for the glory of Christ, um, they're going to reach somebody in an effective way that some of us can't reach. And so, you know, God was just very kind that for me it was baseball and I got to do what a lot of people enjoy. Um, but at the end of the day, the value has been it's just kind of open doors, whether that be camps to do for kids at no charge to be able to share the gospel uh, like we do at UPI or, or other places. I've gone in Savannah. In fact, I've got a camp this week, up uh, two weeks up in North Carolina. Um, you know, I go into the jails and preach. So I just told the Lord early on that if you give me an opportunity to open my mouth for Christ, I'm not going to say no. I just felt like that was the least I could do if Christ was going to do all he did for me on Calvary. The least I could do was say, if opportunities come, who am I to have the right to say no, you know, to that chance? So it's just been good, been really good. You know, Amy Carmichael is quoted as saying, in the light of Calvary, how can I say anything I ever do is a sacrifice for the Lord? Hey, let me ask you, Wade, what have you, uh, have you been able to do anything overseas? And uh, if so, I mean, have you know, do you get opportunities to share the gospel when you when you go overseas to do anything like that? Uh, yes, actually. Um, let's see. Mostly because of the game, to be honest. Right, but yeah. some of it's mm-hmm. actually been um, pure missionary. So was in Bangkok with uh, Tom, uh, and I've been to New Zealand with UPI, and I've been to Nicaragua, which was really neat to be there. Um, and then I've also done just some pure missions work where it wasn't necessarily baseball-related, been to Honduras, been to Moldova over by uh, the Ukraine, um, you know, just just kind of neat opportunities that, that I felt the Lord laying on my heart to go and, and be a part of that. And so, uh, you know, and, I, and living two years in Japan, I guess I got a little different perspective than a lot of folks do. But uh, once you're a foreigner, and, and make no bones about it, I was a foreigner, even though 
I may have been playing baseball. I, I wasn't Japanese. Mm-hmm. And so um, you, you just kind of get a heart for people, and you realize they're having the same problems over there that I'm having over here, and Jesus is the answer for them, just like he's the answer for America and everybody else that wants to hear. And so, um, yeah, and I just love to travel, and I love to meet new cultures. And so many times it's exciting because it's just a whole different environment, and a lot of times you find people are very open and more conversational. We're so busy in this country. Oh, we are. And sometimes it's yeah. nice to just be able to stop by some guy's door and they'll actually have a conversation and, and listen to what mm-hmm. you have to share, you know. Do you get to do anything on the high school level down there in Florida with, with the baseball, you know, with the high school team or anything like that? Or um, It hasn't been as much. Um, you know, it has at times. It seems like the Lord kind of brings in and out of things uh, mm-hmm. into my life, to be mm-hmm. very honest. Uh, recently I was called by Steve Sisko. And uh, so I'm the chaplain, or helping with the chaplaincy. I'll be taking over next year for the Daytona Tortugas, which is their A-ball affiliate. Mm-hmm. Um, for several years, I was helping the FCA program at Stetson University. Um, you know, just kind of, again, where people call and ask, um, I just kind of take that as a leading of the Lord that, that it's time for me to be involved and, and do a part. But I wouldn't say I go knocking doors and, and trying mm-hmm. to find opportunities that way myself. I just kind of let the Holy Spirit lead, guide, and direct me there. I appreciated uh, your testimony, Wade, and, and just what you've shared with us, how God's opened doors for you. And I, I know Mike wanted to talk about your claim to fame. Yeah. Wow. The... We, we can wait till the next segment. Oh, we'll, we'll... Have, we'll have a couple minutes oh, because, okay. again, the more I look at this, it, it just it's like looking in the mirror. Yeah. Yeah. It just it's it's got it's got church league softball all written all over it. There you go. I think I've been hurt more in church league softball physically than any other sport I've tried I, to play in. Well, you've had to hear a lot. I know that, Ken. So my softball career lasted all of three at bats. You know, I swung three times and the ball hadn't got to the plate yet. I just told my wife, I said, this is it. I'm done. I'm moving on. You, <laughs> that, know? you know, that sounds a lot like me because uh, I was doing, I was in this church league softball where if you, you know, if you fouled it off, you're out. If you yeah. swung and missed, you're out. I went to the bench twice, and so we're walking out to the car, and Kathy says to me, she said, uh, do you think you need to get glasses? <laughs> <laughs> I said, no, I think I need to quit playing softball right now. There you Cause, go. Cause, and it was, you know, it's a, it's a pretty big softball, and they're throwing it underhand, boys. Yeah, Mike, sure. Mike, just penetrate, hit me in the corner, and I'll go back to basketball. Yeah, okay? you want to go back to <laughs> basketball, but we're talking to a baseball guy. Hey, before we get to a break, um, Wade, we, we've had a number of, uh, uh, a few baseball players been on, and then a couple of chaplains, and, and, you know, it's interesting, and, and Daryl Strawberry talked about this. He said, look, at one point in my life, I had all the money I needed. I had, uh, you know, the nicest cars you've ever seen. I had girls everywhere, and I was not happy, sure. and I couldn't sure. figure out why. When you were when you were playing throughout the minors and, and, and playing in the majors, did you see that? Um, I didn't personally. Um, you know, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, definitely wouldn't put me in the category of, you know, uh, Daryl Strawberry fame or, or even, you know, that kind of accomplishment. Um, what I will share is that I remember, you know, the minors was, um, you know, a struggle. And I, and I think to some degree there's, there's a lot of camaraderie in the minors, even with the umpires, because everybody's trying to get to the same goal, right? I mean, we're all trying to get right. to the big leagues. And so, and you never know, you may be playing for somebody else the next week. It's just the way it is. And I think, uh, you know, the sooner you come to the realization that you're just a piece of cattle, and that uh, you're an investment, and that 
you know, it's not necessarily personal, but that's just the nature of the business. But I remember I was sharing with someone that when I got to the big leagues and for the first time, it was kind of more, you know, in my face. I, you know, there were guys taking uppers and, uh, you know, all the stuff that goes on on the road and, you know, the language. And I remember kind of thinking, wow, this is it. Hmm. You know, I've yeah. made it to the top and this is what it's all about, huh? Here it is. It was a little, it was a little eye-opening, you know. Now it affects everybody differently, and I won't say that I was, you know, I wasn't weak and I wasn't wimpy about it. It wasn't like I didn't understand it, but I just remember being kind of a little disappointed. Like, okay, well, I guess this is what Jesus means when he said, you know, what shall it profit a man if he gain the whole world but lose his own soul? Amen. Yeah. And you know, there I sat with men who had everything you could want, and yet they'd lost their souls. I remember. Uh, you know, kind of put it in perspective, I had been called up to Pittsburgh, and uh, I, it was after 30 days, I was in, a, in AAA, they called me up to Pittsburgh, and George Sugar, uh, who was a great guy, and he was our bench coach, he was in his 70s, and George said, you know, can you meet me out in the bullpen? I said, sure. So we got to the bullpen, and George says, listen, you know, we had a coaches meeting last night, and, uh, you know, a lot of guys think you can play, but we just want to know what we're going to do with this Jesus freak problem. <laughs> and and I remember, you know, by God's grace, you know, for once in my life, I held my line. You know, I didn't, I didn't choke. But I, I remember thinking it was so Matthew four, you know, where where Satan held before the Lord the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. And, you know, it was an easy answer. I kind of looked at George, and I said, George, are, are you asking me to choose between Jesus and baseball? Is, is that what this is about? Because I said, if it is, there's really not much to discuss. Wow. I said, there's just no conversation about it, really. He said, no, it's just, you know, the guys get upset. And, you know, and I said, George, I don't understand that. How is it that somebody can do cocaine, cheat on their wife, stay out all night and drink beer, et cetera, et cetera. And the guy that you guys think is the problem is the one with a Bible in his locker. Yeah. Whew, man, man, that's <laughs> you know? what, what a great story that is. Boys, we've got to get to a break. Other side of the break, we'll continue our conversation with Wade Rowden, former Major League Baseball player, been a great guest. This is Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. Back to Faith in the Zone, a journey on how people in sports walk in faith. Faith in the Zone is brought to you by Fellow Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Here's host Mike McGivern and Pastor Ken Keltner on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. On this you covered me. Welcome back to Faith in the Zone. Mike McGivern alongside Pastor Ken Keltner. You can't, wait. You can't no. wait to talk about we, we this. Got a short segment. <laughs> Wade Rowden, former Major League Baseball player. So him and I, I I'm telling you, like twins, like looking in the mirror. He was, uh, he was with the Iowa Cubs. Hey, and, Mike. Yes. I've seen a picture. We're not twins. 
Well, <laughs> you know what, Wade? Someday you might be as good looking as I. <laughs> yeah. okay. Don't don't worry about it. Maybe one day. All right. All right. So maybe not twins physically, but with the bat. It's, yeah. No. Hey, it's faith in the zone. I can't lie. Pastor, one day Iowa Cubs. Uh, it is. Uh, he's with the Iowa Cubs. He gets four home runs in one game. Off the same pitcher? Or no. They, no. They'd replaced him a few times. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. And they and they intentionally walked him once in that game. That is correct. Wow. That yeah. is correct. And he yeah. hit four home runs in one game. And as I'm reading this article, I'm just thinking, I think against Faith Baptist or something, I hit four. <laughs> You know, four dingers. You had four dingers. No. I just remember you always going to right field. You could just spray it, the ball. You to right know field. what? They had a guy in a wheelchair in right field, and he was slow <laughs> to the ball. And took, and took right, a little, man. took a little break around second base, but I still made it. I still made it. And I felt bad for that kid, but I kept abusing him. I kept going that way. No, I'm just kidding, boys. I wouldn't do that. So that, hey, that game. I, I, I how special. Is that did, did somebody give you that uh, the ball of the fourth home run? You know, I don't think so. Um, I still have the bat, but um, yeah, it was uh, what it was just amazing uh, night. The, the thing that was amazing about it is I remember we had a really nice club and and uh, we were down five nothing in the first inning to the to, I believe it was the Cardinals from Louisville. And, uh, you know, you're thinking, it, I'm at third base. We've we just gotten shellacked. We're, one run, we're, we're a half inning in. We're down five, you know. And I'm thinking, uh, this is going to be one of those nights, you know. And uh, so my first time up, I think uh, I remember the pitcher had me like 1-2 or 2-2, two, two, and he threw something inside. And, I, you know, I just managed to turn on it. And then it went off the top of the restaurant. So, you know, it was 5-2 to two and came up another at bat. And, <clears throat> through another, you know, I hit another two-run homer or three-run homer, whatever it was. And, you know, before I knew it, you know, we were back in the game. You know, it was like seven to five or six to five or something. And so I came up my third time, and, of course, you know, I hit home run number three. So now – and now I'm running the bases just about as fast as I can because I'm thinking, surely I'm going to get beaned before this night is over, you know, mm-hmm. before – so I'm trying not to show up anybody. And, mm-hmm. and then the next at bat, uh, I remember it was funny because they intentionally walked me. And Damon Berryhill came up after me, and he hit it out. Oh, and, man. Uh, so the fourth time I come up, right, it's it's like the ninth inning, I believe it was uh, Calderon had come into pitch relief, and he throws three fastballs, and they're all high, like they're not even close. And so the count is 3-0. And I look down at Larry Cox, and I'm thinking take sign, right, because I'm not sure, you know, what's appropriate at this point. And he looks at me and throws his hands up and, like, looks at me with this incredulous look like, what are you thinking? You know, like, <laughs> Swing the what do you bat. mean take sign, right? And sure enough, uh, he throws one right down Broadway. And, of course, you know, I just went ahead and pulled the trigger, and it goes out over the left field fence for my fourth homer. Wow. You know, I don't think you realize. I, I think at that point, uh, you know, both sides of the field were, were actually kind of enjoying the evening, if you know what I mean. I mean, I remember I came across home, and Todd Pagnazzi goes, what a night, dude. That is just awesome. That's so, you awesome. know, I think you get to the point where everybody can just appreciate what's been, yeah. you know, what's gotten accomplished. You didn't so. get a pie in the face, did you? No, <laughs> no. It was, uh, yeah, so obviously it was one of those, uh, you know, very special probably. You'll never, ever uh, do it again in your whole lifetime. But, you know, for me, for that night, it was it was certainly a blessing. And, 
Hey, guys, thank you so much, Wade. It's been a pleasure. It, it really has. And we look forward to having you back on. Um, Wade Rowden, who is just a really good guest and, and, and on fire for the Lord, continue to uh, walk worthy, Wade. Thank you, brother. You well, let's all finish our race well, and uh, right. thank you for the opportunity. You got thank it. You, you got right, it. Guys. Thanks. This, this has been right. Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. You've been listening to Faith in the Zone with host Mike McGivern and Pastor Ken Keltner. You can hear Faith in the Zone every Sunday at 8 a.m. To find past shows, exclusive podcasts, or to contribute with an inside tip for a guest, simply go to faithinthezone.com. Faith in the Zone is an inside look at people of sports and their walk in faith. Join us again next Sunday for Faith in the Zone, right here on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. Was it really amazing grace? Now I know for certain, Lord, it was you that rescued me. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.